Good morning or good afternoon. Good afternoon, y'all. My name is Alvin. I serve as lead pastor here at the church. Glad you're here with us. Um, today is a great day. It's been a great weekend. Uh, last night we had Matt and Marie Claire get married in here. Don't look at them. Don't look at them. Don't look at them. <laughs> Congratulations, y'all. Matt's our youth director. Marie Claire is one of our great worship leaders here. And uh, it was a great ceremony. Glad to be a part of it. And um, praise God. All right. Uh, let's get to the word. Cool? All right. Say these words after me if you can. Say, the word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Awesome. Uh, last week, we talked about the power of the gospel and how the gospel message becomes God's power to those who believe. And today, we want to talk about more power because there is more. There is more with God. Um, and that's the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is what Jesus told us would give us the power to be his witnesses. And witnesses um, is more than just talking about him. Paul later on uh, teaches that uh, the life of Jesus was never meant to be shared in word only, but also in demonstration of power. Uh, it was always the will of Jesus that his disciples and his people walked in his power. Um, and that comes from the Holy Spirit. Uh, the day of Pentecost is when this, this promise was fulfilled. And that's what today uh, celebrates. And in case you didn't know this, today is when the church, uh, the Big C Church, celebrates the day of Pentecost. And this is a historical, very pivotal day in the Christian church. Some even say it was the birth of the Christian church. Uh, it was 50 days after Jesus rose from the grave and 10 days after he, uh, his body was ascended into heaven. And this was the beginning of the era that we're in today where the church, people, human beings like you and me can walk in the actual power of God through the Holy Spirit. And the ministry of Jesus can be carried out on earth even though Jesus isn't physically here. But through us, through the power that he gave us, we can do the ministry of Jesus. Um, in Jesus' words, we can even do greater things than what he did when he was on earth because there's so, much, there's so many more of us. And that day started on the day of Pentecost. And we are still in that day, praise God. Uh, this day marked the moment when God was able to unite believers. It was a very unifying day. People from all nations were unified on this day, and it, they were all empowered to do the Great Commission, which was to make disciples, to grow and feed and edify the church um, through what we'll call the prophetic realm. Today, we're going to call uh, what, what the Holy Spirit made available to believers. Um, he made available the prophetic realm. Uh, the prophetic realm is the church's access to the interpretation and the application of Jesus' heart, plans, his pace, and understanding. The prophetic realm is the church's access 
to the interpretation and application of Jesus' heart, his plans, his pace, and his understanding. Um, I do want to make sure that I make a distinction between the prophetic realm and uh, witchcraft. Witchcraft is uh, the counterfeit offering of the prophetic realm to people. So it presents itself like it's the prophetic, but it's, it's from a different source and it's counterfeit. The enemy, the devil's always trying to offer a counterfeit version of the real thing. And witchcraft um, is, that's where we get our zodiac signs. That's where we get uh, tarot cards and fortune telling and psychic readings. Um, it, it, it presents itself and it offers what the prophetic realm offers, but it's, it's rooted in uh, witches. <laughs> it's, it's from demons. So the end result for witchcraft is death, and the end result to the prophetic is life. This is what leads people to Jesus. So you have to make sure, especially in our day and age, guys, you got to make sure you know the difference between what is the prophetic, which is something that is pure and holy, and what is witchcraft, which is, it's spiritual, but it's messed up. Um, it's a different kind of spiritual. And we, so, so if you're involved in any of those things, if you have any occult or witchcraft practices in your life today, let it be your last day um, because you're, you're, you're dealing with fake stuff um, and stuff that's actually meant to destroy your life. And um, you just got to make sure that you're wise and realize that what you thought might have been God's spirit is, is, is not. Um, so the prophetic realm, though, is good, and it's something that's so good. It's more than good. I think it's actually necessary, and I want to give you um, some scriptures. I don't think it's necessary for salvation, but I do think that it's very uh, essential for ministry, and we're going to talk about it in a second. Um, John chapter 16, John chapter 16, uh, 12 through 13. John 16, this is Jesus, and he's speaking to his disciples. Now, let me make, make sure I'm clear. The disciples were like his best friends. These are people that he spent all his time with. They ate their meals together. They traveled together. No one spent more time with Jesus during his ministry than his disciples. But yet he said this in verse 12. Jesus says, I still have many things. Can everyone say many things? I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. So Jesus is talking to the people who are closest to him and saying, as close as we are, there are still not just some things, but a lot of things that I want to share with you, but you don't have the ability to bear them. So Jesus is, is not telling his disciples a lot of things, not because he doesn't want to tell them. In fact, he does want to tell them, but he knows that they can't handle it because of them lacking something that's very essential to their connection to him. Uh, verse 13 says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. 
I love this scripture because it shows that you can be as close to Jesus as the disciples were and still not have the capacity to hear all the things that he wants to share with you. Again, not because he wants to keep a secret from you, not because he doesn't want to tell you, but simply because he can tell that you don't have the capacity to understand, to digest, let alone share and communicate the things that he wants to share. But he said that's what only that's only he said that was only now because once you receive the spirit of truth, once you receive this promise that I have coming to you, all that is going to change. So he told them to wait. He didn't tell them how long, but he told them to wait. He said to wait in the city of Jerusalem until this promise comes. And again, they didn't know how long they had to wait. They just knew they had to wait. So for, for all they knew, it was going to be 24 hours. It was going to be two months. It was going to be six weeks. Turned out to be 10 days that they had to wait. And when the day of Pentecost came, that was the day of this promise. Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read from the beginning and uh, share a little bit. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Um, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. It says, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. They heard the loud noise. Sorry, when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. So they start describing all the various nations that were represented, and it was a lot. And I'm going to skip to uh, verse 13. It says, but others in the crowd, so while some were amazed, verse 13 says, others in the crowd ridiculed them. So there's always going to be people who, there's always going to be haters. There's always going to be people who are going to ridicule what's happening, especially if it's God. Um, in the crowd, they ridiculed them saying, they're just drunk. They're just drunk, that's all. They said they were drunk. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd. Peter said, listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you all are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. Peter. No, he says, what you see was predicted long ago before the prophet Joel. So then he starts re referencing this, this prophecy that was made about 800 years ago by, by a prophet named Joel. And the prophecy was that one day God was going to pour out his spirit and that his sons and his daughters would prophesy. So you, Joel uh, prophesies that there's going to be this prophetic 
space that, that's going to come to the believers. And they're going to prophesy. He says people are going to dream dreams and have visions. And they were going to, for the first time, all believers were going to have access to this prophetic realm that would enable them all to prophesy. Um, when you go on to read the teachings about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, specifically prophecy and speaking in tongues, um, the, the account of the day of Pentecost begins to make more and more sense. Uh, Paul does a lot of teaching about it in Corinthians. And I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 14, 4. And hopefully give some clarity and some help about what Paul says is the most uh, is the best gift for us to aspire to have. Paul says we should desire spiritual gifts, but he singles out prophecy as the most special one, and he gives us a reason why it's the most special of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Paul says in verse four of First Corinthians fourteen. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. When you speak in tongues, the speaker is who is edified. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself. So it's a self-edifying tool. However, he says, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So there's one gift that edifies the speaker, and then there's another gift where the speaker edifies the church. One is in tongues, and the other one is prophecy, which we find that prophecy is when you speak God's word, God's truth, under the power of the Holy Spirit. But it's very important that prophecy benefits the listener. Therefore, it should not be in other tongues. It should be in a language that the listener can understand so that they can be edified. So you've got tongues which edify you, and you've got prophecy which edifies people who are listening to you, which why it makes perfect sense that before Peter prophesied in front of that crowd, I didn't finish the story in Acts chapter 2, after Peter gave his, his, his prophecy and spoke the message, thousands of people got saved in one day. I mean, that's some serious edification right there. One message brought thousands to Jesus in one morning. In one morning. That's just how powerful the prophetic is. That's just how powerful God is calling us to be. And uh, I find it no coincidence. In fact, I think it's literally teaching us the way it works. Before Peter gave this prophetic word that brought so much growth and so much strength to the church, he was doing something else and he was speaking in tongues. And when he spoke in tongues, according to this scripture, he and the other people that were speaking in tongues edified themselves, giving them the power, giving them the boldness, giving, giving them the compassion and the accuracy to speak under the power of the Holy Spirit in a language that the people could understand, and therefore the church was able to grow. So we see a pattern here that I think still applies today. Um, the question I wanted to present to you is what do tongues have to do with prophecy? What does speaking in tongues have to do with being able to prophesy? I think a lot 
is connected between the two. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians 14, uh, verse 2 through 3. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 2 through 3. Uh, Paul says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, the Bible says he speaks mysteries. Verse 3 says, But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. So we're learning something else. We're learning that tongues not only is a language that you don't understand, but it's also something that is directed to God. Paul says when you speak in tongues, you are talking to God. And when you prophesy, you're talking to people. When you speak in tongues, you're talking to God. And when you prophesy, you're talking to people. Which is why one, it doesn't matter if it's in English or not because it's God. But the other one, what's prophecy that's to people, it needs to be in the language that the people who you're talking to understands. It's not a sin to talk in tongues to people, but it's more so as it is just silly. Like, it, it's pointless. It doesn't benefit the listener. Like, I could be saying the best thing to you. I could be saying the best thing to you. But if I'm speaking and saying it to you in French and you don't know French, it does you no good. You're just like, cool, you know? Cool. Or not, because <laughs> you could be saying something bad to me, right? So, so it's very important that when you prophesy, it's in a way that the listener can hear, understand, and actually benefit from. Tongues, it doesn't matter because you're talking to God. So it's actually more appropriate, we're going to find out, because when you speak in tongues, you're speaking mysteries to the Lord. So, so let me keep going. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Is everybody okay? Anybody scared? Um, what qualifies tongues? I have, two, I have a question. Two things that qualify tongues. Uh, what makes something tongues? Uh, number one, it's got to be directed to God. Speech that is directed to God. And number two, speech that the speaker doesn't understand. I want to make it super simple because really, my prayer is I really demystify it. Something that I think is such a blessing to you and to the church. Um, I think the enemy really tries to complicate this to, to make it less accessible. So I make it my mission to make this as accessible to where, like, literally an eight-year-old could get it. And plenty of eight-year-olds do, by the way. Um, speech directed to God, first thing. It's not to people. It's to God. It's to your Father in heaven. And then it has to be something that the speaker does not understand. And I emphasize the speaker can't understand it because there are accounts where the listener does understand what you're saying, even though you don't. It doesn't happen all the time, but there have been accounts, and we see it in Scripture, where someone that hears your tongues, even though you don't know what you're saying, they understand it. Now, that's irrelevant because I'm not talking about listeners right now. I'm talking about the speaker. And even though there's a chance that a listener might know what you're saying, the speaker never does. It needs to be something that is unknown. So if you speak uh, Arabic and German, that is not tongues for you. If you speak English and French, English and French is not tongues for you. It has to be something that you've never learned before so that you can know for a fact that only the Holy Spirit has given you what to say. 
Why is it so essential that we speak what we don't understand when we're speaking in tongues? Why is it so essential that tongues must be words that you don't understand? The reason is why man's understanding has always been in conflict with God's. Man's understanding, our logic, has always been in conflict with God's understanding, which is why Proverbs says to not lean on it. The reason why we can't lean on our own understanding is because our actual human understanding clashes and it blocks and it, it does not mesh with God's understanding. It's like oil and water. 1 Corinthians uh, 2.14 says it well. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says it well. Paul says the natural person, which means the biological logical man or woman does not accept the things of the spirit of God. That's a bold statement. The natural person, who we are naturally, does not accept the things of God. For they, the things of God, are folly to him. Folly is another word for silly or foolish or stupid. So the reason why uh, the natural man doesn't accept the things of God because the way that it reads for us, the way that we interpret the things of God as natural people is dumb. We think it's stupid. We think it's silly. We think it doesn't make sense. And then it says, and he is not able to understand them, the things of God. The natural person is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. This helps us make sense to why Jesus told his disciples, there's so much I want to tell y'all. But as long as you are still just natural people who are trying to serve me out of your own good intentions, it's not going to work. There are certain things that I want to share with you guys that you can't comprehend. You can't bear it because you don't have the capacity to discern things spiritually, which is why you have to wait for me to give you the promise. Because until I give you this promise, until I give you the power of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be able to comprehend, let alone share the revelation that I have for you. So how do we access God's understanding? How do we access this prophetic realm that's filled with revelation on revelation and knowledge and insight and comfort and help and, and, and discernment and all the things that God has meant for the church to be stacked with? We're supposed to be the wisest people on earth. We're supposed to be the most powerful people on earth. We're supposed to be the most encouraged people on earth. We're supposed to be the most positive people. We're supposed to be filled with all of this stuff. And the reason why the church is only working with such a small percentage is because there's a growing narrative that what I'm talking about is not necessary. There's a growing narrative that's telling us that you can be just as powerful for Jesus without the power of the Holy Spirit that you can be with the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's, 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 ah, it's creating a lot of problems. Because when we do the things of God in our own strength, it lacks the impact that we do the same things under the power of the Holy Spirit. And doing things... Doing good works and, and, and blessing people, a lot of times people look at it and go, well, I could do that myself. You know, 
To prophesy, first of all, let me just, to prophesy is not exclusive to telling the future. Um, the, to prophesy is just to speak God's word and God's truth under his anointing, under his power, so that it brings edification and, and, and exhortation and comfort to people. Um, so it can be a wide range of things. Prophecy can be the things that we all think about when we think of prophesying, of someone kind of like, I don't know, telling, talking about some grand vision, you know, and, you know, it's, I saw this, and I saw lightning from there, and then I saw this split, and there was fire coming out of the split, and, you know, that's prophecy, and I'm not knocking it because God does reveal it some way, but prophecy can also just be telling somebody, hang in there, you can make it. I, I feel the need to tell you that God loves you and that he doesn't hold your mistakes against you. Prophecy can be the most simple things, but when it's under the power of the Holy Spirit, it's the exact thing that you needed to hear to keep going. Someone walking in feeling condemned about what happened Saturday night, and then someone under the power of the Holy Spirit says, you know you're forgiven, right? How did you know? You know, that's, that's what prophecy can look like. So I told second service, I'm not trying to raise up a bunch of wizards, right? Like, we're not, I'm not saying that we've got to just be, you know, I don't know. We can do that, but we can also prophesy like this and say, hey, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. If it's, if it's under the power of the Holy Spirit, it will hit them in a way that will be like fresh water to a desert soul. And we need more of that. The church is in need of it. We need to be edified. We need to be exhorted. We need to be comforted. But what happens is the rebellion in a lot of us will go, well, I can say Jesus loves you without doing all that. So we have more and more people going around and doing the thing, but, but it's not under the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're trying to do good work. So I can, I can feed the hungry without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I can, I can say... John 3.16, without the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have more and more people who are stepping out in ministry without the power of the Holy Spirit. And more and more people, which is only creating more and more, but what about that person? What about that person? They don't have it. They don't have it. They don't do it. They don't speak in tongues. And it's the very thing that Jesus said for us to wait, we're letting people start without waiting. So Jesus says, I don't want y'all doing any ministry in my name until y'all receive this power. But now in 2023, everybody start doing it even without the power. And we're wondering why the church is struggling. And I love the church. I'm not a church basher. I am committed to the church. I will be in the church no matter how bad it is and how bad it looks. I am committed to this for better or for worse. However, I can confidently say we are only working with a fraction of the power that God has called us to walk in. And half of the reason is because people still can't get to this. They are, we are fighting because of generations before us. We now have a generation of the church that has to fight between what we're hearing is necessary and what we're hearing is not necessary. And there's so many examples of people who don't believe in this stuff and who are doing all kinds of things in ministry. And God bless them, I love them. But the word of God says, Jesus said, wait, because there is something else you need before you start talking in my name, before you start quoting my word, before you start laying hands with my hands, with, 
before you start doing this, you need help because there's things I want to share with you. And if you don't have the capacity to understand the revelation I want to give you, you're not going to be the help that you think that you're going to be. So therefore, wait. But we, we don't have churches that are telling people to wait. And I'm trying my best to be a church that lets us know that this is what you need. Again, not to be saved because that was the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel, when you believe in the gospel message, he makes you born again. But if you want to be effective in ministry and, and edify his church the way he's called you to edify his church, you're going to need some extra help more than your bubbly personality and more than your ability to like play the guitar, right? Like you, You're going to need more. Something that is not from man, something that is from God. And the way that we see that people access this power was by speaking in a tongue that they do not understand. Because what does 1 Corinthians 14 say? For he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. That's the ordained way that a believer edifies themselves. When we speak in tongues, it stirs us up. It builds us up, and, and, the, and the beautiful thing about the reason why it needs to be something that you don't understand, this is one of the many counterintuitive things with following Jesus. And by counterintuitive, for example, you know, in the kingdom of God, the way you receive is by giving. Like, if you want more, you give, which seems so opposite to us because we think human understanding is hoard, hoard, hoard. That's how you'll get more. But the kingdom says it's the opposite. You give, 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 and that's how you'll get. And that's how you'll receive. And it's like, whoa, that's strange. Same with humility. Logic says climb the ladder to be exalted. In the kingdom of God, he says skip the ladder, humble yourself, go to the bottom, and then I'll exalt you higher than the ladder could ever take you. Like, there are several counterintuitive things in the kingdom of God, which is why we can't lean on our own understandings. Because when we bring what we're used to into the kingdom of God, it just messes stuff up because half the things that you learned, you got to unlearn in the kingdom. And that's, I'm being generous by half. Some of y'all, everything you learned. And there's no knock on you, but it's the nature. The nature of man cannot comprehend spiritual things, which is why the Lord, which is why the Lord says you got to be born all over again you got to start all over because everything prior is trash. I mean, Paul literally said filthy rags, trash. The stuff that you throw away is what your goodness is. We have no goodness in our humanity. Christianity is the most anti-humanistic thing there is. There's nothing humanist, humanistic about Christianity. Christianity is humans our goodness is worthless. The only chance we have to anything good is by being saved and being born again and letting God's righteousness become our righteousness. So the same thing applies to this. There's a reason why the Lord is calling us to step into something that is totally foreign to us. Because it's only, until we, it's only when we embrace what is foreign to us that we'll step into the newness of God. Another word for new is foreign. If something is new, it's something that you haven't experienced yet. It's different. 
So the Lord says you got to dive into this. So when we are speaking tongues, we're speaking in tongues and speaking what we don't understand, this is what happens. This is the transaction in case you guys didn't understand. When I speak in tongues, I'm speaking things that I don't understand to God. And as I speak what I don't understand to God, God speaks his understanding to me. So when I receive God's understanding through this exchange, I'm able to communicate God's understanding to you, which is prophecy. Prophecy is you communicating God's understandings to people in ways that bless their life. So as you speak what you don't understand, you receive what he understands, which then equips you to speak what he understands, and that's prophecy. When we speak in tongues, we edify ourselves. And when we prophesy, we edify our brothers and sisters. 1 Corinthians 14, I'm going to read it one more time, verse 2 through 3, and then we'll wrap up. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he, the one who's speaking in tongues, speaks mysteries. When you speak mysteries to God, God reveals his mysteries to you. Which is why the enemy fights you so hard. The last thing he wants you to do is speaking in tongues because he knows when you speak in tongues, you'll receive mysteries from the Lord and you can actually communicate revelation to people that will build his church Y'all got to understand, this is a whole thing. Like, tongues isn't even real. I know I'm talking about it, but tongues isn't even the main thing I want y'all doing. The main thing we want to get to is prophesying. That's what edifies the church. That's the greatest of the gifts. The reason why we talk about tongues so much, because that's such the hurdle for people. So until we tackle this fear or whatever we have of tongues, we can't get to the good part where we're prophesying and speaking under his authority and seeing people edified. I was talking last week, Saturday, we had prayer, and there was a young guy, and he's, he, uh, he said he hadn't spoken in tongues in a while. He was real rusty. It happened, but he said, it's such a struggle. I don't do it. I said, hey, you're just out of shape. Just, just, just push it and go for it and, let it and see what God does. Man, he came back, and I said, I bet you're going to feel a lot stronger at the end of this meeting than you do right now. So he took me at my word and went for it and came back and had, this is why the enemy doesn't want you doing it. Y'all, in just an hour, he had this simple but so profound little vision of, of what's happening in his life and why things aren't working out. He had a whole, it was a vision of his brain and he was like this sounds kind of weird but I saw this and this and this and there's this like he had this whole description of why he wasn't free and what the Lord was trying to tell him so that he can be free he had a whole understanding of his condition that he did not have before this is why the Lord fights the church the enemy fights the church on speaking tongues because when he did it he spoke mysteries and then he he got some answers for why he's the way he is and why certain things aren't going, what he needs to do. He walked away with so much insight. And that was just one hour. Let alone a week or a month or, or years of doing this. Guys, we're going to realize that we are, so much, we are called to be so much greater than we are right now. And I'm so grateful that the Lord is the one who sees it. He sees the greatness in us. 
He says, man, there's some things I'm going to share with you, but right now you can't bear it. So let me give you this so you can bear and carry all the glory that I have for your life. And the glory is not to make you feel better about yourself and not to puff you up, but to make you a more powerful servant in the church that you're in. Speaking in tongues edifies you to edify others. Speaking in tongues edifies you so that you can edify others. Another way I said it was tongues are a gift to you so that you can be a gift to the church. I honestly believe that my walk with Jesus will benefit the more you speak in tongues. Because when you speak in tongues, God's going to give you encouraging, comforting words that I need for my walk. So I want you guys to speak in tongues so I can benefit from it because the more you speak, the more God will reveal to you and the more that you can share that revelation with me and my family. Vice versa, your walk will be better. Trust me, y'all do not want me to stop speaking in tongues. Because I will not be able to edify you as well as I'm able to do at the moment. And I want to do it better. So what do I do? I pray in tongues. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than all of you. He was, pretty, he was a pretty edifying person. He loved speaking in tongues because he knew it was edifying, but he says in context to us, I want y'all, what I really want y'all doing is prophesying because that's what's going to get all of us nourished and strong. Tongues are a gift to you so that you can be a gift to the church. So this is a call for anybody who believes they've been called to make a difference in the church. If you want to have uh, more of an impact on your brothers and sisters in Christ and ultimately even people who don't believe now, if you want to be able to speak God's word under his power in a way that produces change in people, I know a lot of you guys want that. I don't think you'd be at Nashville Life, some of you guys, if you didn't want that. And the good news is God wants that for you too. And the way that the word says that we edify each other is by prophecy. Speaking God's understanding, speaking his revelation, speaking his timely truth. He'll know, he'll know, he'll, he'll give you what to say and when to say it. You'll have moments where you're just talking out of what you feel led to say. And, you don't, and it's usually the times where you don't even think it was that great. But you just said it. And little did you know, that was the last thing that person needed before they were about to end it all. Or, you know, cut the cord or whatever it is that they were contemplating. But because you were acquainted with the prophetic realm and able to speak from this place, God was able to speak to that person through you. And if that's what you want, let's go. Let's do it. But if we want to see it, if we want to do it like we see it in Scripture, before they edified the church, they let Jesus edify them first with the Holy Spirit. And the way they were edified in Acts and the way that we see they're edified in Corinthians is by praying and speaking in tongues, speaking to God 
in a language that they, they don't understand. So I want to make that available to everybody here because I'm, I'm fully aware that we've got people in the room, more than one, probably more than 20, that have never done this before. So if, you, if the enemy's telling you you're the only one, he's lying. You're not the only one. You're in good company, and you're at the right place. I'm going to ask us all to stand. Before, before we ask for the power of the Holy Spirit, I don't want to assume that everybody here has been uh, reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. Only the church can access the prophetic realm. The prophetic realm, witchcraft is available for, for anybody, but the prophetic is only available to the church. If you want God's power, you got to be a believer first. You got all the people that received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, they were already believers, which is why I don't believe that you have to have this to be saved. The power of the gospel is what saves you, but the power of the Holy Spirit is what empowers you to be a witness for Jesus. So let's just make sure that everybody in the room knows Jesus. Make sure we're all in good terms with God through Jesus Christ. So we're going to pray the salvation prayer that I lead us in every week. And this is just to make sure that we are all alive in Christ so that we can be recipients of what he has next. Repeat these words after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day forgive me of my sins make me a new person in Christ Lord Jesus I choose you to be the Lord of my life fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you forever in the name of Jesus we pray Let's all say amen. Let's celebrate salvation because that's the first and the greatest gift. Hallelujah. Thank you for salvation. But, but hear me, hear me. The reason why you keep coming back after you get saved is because there's more. There's more. That's all this message is. There's more. So if you are ready to step into the more, I've got some thoughts for you. Uh, prayer team, if you could get in position because I would love for anyone here who wants to take that step in your faith today and actually yield to the Holy Spirit and allow him to pray his words through you in a way that will open up a lot of doors for your own faith and for the impact that you have on other people I want to give everybody an opportunity to do it now I know some of you guys already do but I'm going to lead everybody in a prayer. And if you want to step into the more and be filled with his power in a way that brings significant change to your life and those that you want to bless, repeat these words after me. And it's, it's in English, so everybody can do it. It's fine. Um, say, Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. I ask that you baptize me in your Holy Spirit. Give me the ability to speak in a tongue that I have never learned 
I'm doing this for your glory and your glory alone. In Jesus' Jesus name I pray. Amen. All right, we're going to play the music. I'm going to give you some guidelines. Because this next, we're going to take about three or four minutes. And everyone, um, if you want to speak in tongues, you can. Because you ask. The Bible says if you ask, you'll receive. If you ask for the Holy Spirit to do it, you're not going to get something else. You're going to get exactly that. The Bible says if you ask for bread, you're not going to get a rock. If you ask for fish, you're not going to get a snake. If you ask for the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give you something else. We got a good God here. So I'm going to ask for us all, because there's a lot of people in the room. I want us all to be um, softly but sincerely pray. But this time, you want to pray to God, because remember, tongues is two things. It's got to be to God, and it can't be anything that you understand. So it might just feel like some syllables coming out, but here's the thing. I can tell you from firsthand experience. If you make the step to speak, the Holy Spirit will not leave you hanging. I promise you this, and I, I feel the need to tell you this because I used to think, I had bad expectations. It took me years to do this, not because God wanted it to take years, but I used to think that the Holy Spirit was going to physically move my mouth and make me do it without me just standing there. So I would come up to the altar like this, you know, 10, 12, 13, 14 years old, 16 years old, and I would just sit there, and I was just waiting for something to just take me over without me taking any steps myself, which is why I always went to my seat disappointed. It wasn't until I got the revelation, the simple revelation, that I had to start talking. Simple but profound. You have to start talking. You got to let something come out of your mouth and the Lord promises to give you the words to say as you speak. So I'm going to count to three and I'm going to ask for everyone to softly but sincerely take a step of faith and speak, trusting that the Lord will give you the syllables and the word to say. And it might feel a little bit awkward at first, but I promise you before long, you will find that there was a river in there this whole time waiting to come out and the Lord's going to pray mysteries through your life and then reveal mysteries to you for your life, for your family, for your church. It's going to be powerful. So on the count of three, we're going to pray. It's between you and God. Don't be too loud so everybody can make sure they are doing it. And let's just see what God does. Let's take a step of faith and let's see if the Lord meets us. I believe he will. On the count of three, one, Two, three. <laughs> This between you and God. Speak to the Lord. Just about thirty more seconds. Shut up, I don't know, so put up on the last city. Either put 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 on the last city. Either
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible says that what you just did is what edifies you. But now I want us to be able to speak with our understanding, which means speaking the language that you've been taught. For most of us, it's English. I know we got some Germans here too. So whatever your language is, this is when we do it. Speak, but speak under the power of God. Speak English. So, and, and, and a good way to start is begin, in the day of Pentecost, they started declaring the great works of God. So if you've been praying in tongues just now, now in English, start speaking the good works that God has done and the good works that he's doing and the good works that he will do on the count of three. In English, start declaring the works of God. One, two, three. God, you do great things. Lord, you move mountains, you part of the Red Sea. God, you save souls, you open blinded eyes, you heal the sick, God. Lord, you deliver people out of bondage, God. You're taking me out of my situation. You're moving me into greener pastures, God. You're setting me free. You're setting my family free. God, you're going to build a great church. Lord, you are going to build great disciples through this ministry. God, you are doing great things, and you will continue to do great things, God. We love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name. So that's how it works. You edify yourself with tongues, and then you get to speak his words prophetically over your life and over the lives of those who you love and who you meet. Um, we have a prayer team here. Some of you guys did it right there in your seat. Some of you guys are like me where it helps when you come down and someone's able to you know, pray with you and support you. So this team is here. So on your way out, if you would like to talk to any of them or, or pray with any of them, uh, for some of you that might be what helps. Um, for some of you, you already did it. Praise God. Um, this is a gift that we need, guys. When I say we, I mean like other people need you to step into this because you will be so much more of a support and help to us as your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. So be encouraged. If you didn't do it, it's okay. The Lord wants you to know there is more. I'll just leave you with that. There is more. There is more for you. And, and the ball is more in your court than you realize. I'll just say that. But be encouraged. I hope you're glad you came. Uh, look into some scriptures. See what God is saying to you about it. Um, but I want to dismiss us because we're out of time. But, man, I'm so excited for the prophetic voice to rise in our church where more people can be edified by his love and his truth. Um, so let's pray. Father, I thank you for everybody who's here. Lord, I pray, Lord, that those who said yes to you would text belong to 77411. Lord, I pray, Lord, that everybody who, who wants to get prayer would come down for prayer, God. Lord, and I just pray in the name of Jesus that your word would continue to take root in their heart, God. And I pray, Lord, that, that uh, life would come not only to them, but through them. Lord, we know there's a lot that you want the church to do before you come back. So I pray, Lord, that all of us would take the step of faith and walk in your power and walk prophetically. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you want to give, you can give online. You can 
text belong and come down for prayer. I love you all. Have a great rest of your day.